Welcome to the One in Five of Us podcast. We are working to stop the stigma and start the conversation about mental health. I'm your host, Kayla Wood, and today we're sitting down with Tyler Belmont to talk about his journey with mental health and grief recovery. Tyler, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, let's go ahead and kick it off. So this is kind of how we start, like every podcast, we start by asking our guests about their own mental health journey. So can you tell me a little about your journey? For sure. Yeah, so it's it's definitely been a journey. Probably started in high school, just like realizing I switched schools in junior year of high school. So I, um, because of Ohio Levy, all that good stuff, anyway, funding, I had to switch schools because a lot of things were being cut at the school I was going to. Um, so I switched beginning of junior year. It was a really difficult transition. I went into a school that was very close-knit, um, and so it was hard to break into that like community just because everybody had been with each other since kindergarten. Mm-hmm. So being the new person was really hard. Um, so just kind of dealing with loneliness, depression, and then ended up actually switching back the second semester back to my original school. Mm-hmm. So I would say probably right there in high school was the beginning of my mental health journey, even though I didn't know. And then just kind of been working on it ever since. Um, and definitely within the past year and a half with COVID, a lot of things have happened. So definitely some time there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's always so tough to like be that new person in an, in an atmosphere where you're not really prepared to be that person. I yeah. Don't know. yeah it's, uh... And it wasn't that like they were unwelcoming. They just mm-hmm. like, like I said, they were just so close because they've been together since kindergarten. So it was hard to break into it and like make friends. But also I think I had a, like a wall up of, I didn't want to be there. So I wasn't like yeah. putting forth the effort. So yeah, it was, it was hard, but it ended up, I mean, it was a good experience. It helped me grow, mm-hmm. helped me learn um, just how to deal with my emotions and kind of start that journey. Yeah. Well, awesome. I mean, I mean, I'm not. Yeah, no, for sure. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it is, it definitely is a good thing. Yeah. So I don't regret that at all. Good, good. So kind of going back and talking about, like you said, with the past year and a half with COVID and everything, um, I know that during the pandemic, you lost a, a few family members yeah. um, in pretty quick su- succession. Mm-hmm. Um can you talk a little bit about that loss and what that was like, especially like during a global pandemic? Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, just even before that. So, like, right when, like, shutdown happened, mm-hmm. um, I work at Quarter Bistro in Marymount. <clears throat> and so just having restaurants be completely shut down and not knowing what was coming next as far as, like, income and knowing whether or not I'd be able to pay rent or bills like that was just a stressful situation in itself. Mm -hmm. Um, I was thankful, um, for like unemployment and being able to access that. And I know there are a lot of people that had major trouble with it. I thankfully didn't have too many difficulties, but, um, so that worked itself out, but going through COVID went through, you know, kind of definitely a, a weird situation of being like locked in my house with my two dogs by myself. Um, I wouldn't say I'm like introverted by any means, but I would say like I recharge by myself. Mm -hmm. So like 
I like being with people, but like my alone time is when I'm at my house by myself. And like, that's enough for me. Mm-hmm. But being like locked in my house by myself with my dogs for the whatever, how long that was, like months, and yeah. not being able to go anywhere. Um, it was just like a weird, but good time to be able to sit and reflect and kind of just realize what I kind of wanted out of life. Um, and I feel like the past couple of years have been go, go, go. Yeah. So it was good to like be able to kind of sit there, slow down, even if I didn't want it <clears throat> to yeah. kind of see where my priorities were lying. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So then fast forward to the end of the summer. So we had opened back up. I was working. Um, and then my grandma, so my mom's mom, um, both of her parents were in a nursing home, um, for memory care. So she had dementia, um, and he had Alzheimer's. And so we originally moved them into like a home, um, because he wasn't able to fully care for my grandma anymore because she had some other health issues. And then his Alzheimer's presented itself more just being moved out of their original home and mm-hmm. all that stuff. So they were in memory care for the past couple of years and it was hard not being able to see them. But then my grandma, um, she had like COPD, which is like a breathing mm-hmm. issue. And so they aren't for sure that it was like COVID related, but she ended up passing away in October. And so that was difficult because we, nobody really got to say goodbye. It was more just like a, it just kind of happened. Mm-hmm. And then a uh, funeral was like very small. It wasn't even like a typical funeral. It was just kind of close knit family, zoomed in family from out of town because things were still weird with traveling and mm-hmm. all that stuff. So then fast forward to like Christmas time of 2019. So I was still working. 2020, maybe? Yes, 2020. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, fast forward, yeah. So 2020. Uh, Christmas of 2020, um, was still working and Christmas was coming up. Obviously that's a big thing in December. Yeah. Um, and like <clears throat> my dad's side of the family, he's one of five kids and mm-hmm. I'm one of 18 grandkids. So pretty, pretty big family on that side. Gosh. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we always have like a big Christmas and I just didn't feel comfortable like going over for Christmas Eve with my grandparents just cause like I was dealing with the general public at a restaurant. I didn't know what I was exposed to. Right. So I was just like, no, like <clears throat> I'll skip this one. You guys like you're good. Like have fun, you know? So I ended up skipping Christmas Eve with them just cause I was trying to protect them and trying to keep them, you know, as not, safe as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. like I said, I didn't know what I was exposed to day to day um, at the restaurant. And so then in January of 2021, um, my mom's dad, the one that was in memory care with Alzheimer's, he ended up getting COVID like first week of January and then passed like two weeks after. Yeah. So that was really hard. Thankfully, we were able to go in and, like, say goodbye, Um, Mm -hmm. but it was just a very weird environment, a weird time. Like, it was almost like a movie. Like, we had to gown up, mask up. There was, like, plastic wrap on the doors of, like, 
um, residents that had COVID. Mm-hmm. And so it was hard. Um, and then him and himself, he just wasn't himself. Um, and so he ended up passing. And like a week before he passed, my, well, I don't know if the exact time frame, it kind of gets a little fuzzy, but right, right around the time that my mom's dad, and my pap all passed, um, my dad's dad was going for a walk and tripped and fell and hit his head. And they originally just like played it off as he would be fine. Mm-hmm. And he was like, they took him to the ER, checked him out. Mm-hmm. Like he had a gnarly, you know, head wound, but yeah. He was like fine, oh, so they said. Um, and so the next day, one of my aunts was there, just kind of helping, helping out, and noticed that he was kind of like slurring his speech and couldn't get off the couch. Mm-hmm. So they took him back, and there was like they discovered then that he had like a slow brain bleed, um, and had ended up having a stroke. And so he was in like ICU. And so then, like a week after my mom's dad passed, my dad's dad ended up passing. Um, They ended up, like, trying to do surgery to, like, fix the brain bleed and Mm -hmm. put in a stent, all the things. But just because of his age and recovery time, he wasn't able to recover. And so, yeah, he passed pretty quickly as well. I was able to say goodbye over, like, FaceTime to him Mm -hmm. Uh, but again that was just like hard especially my grandma just because they've been married so long and so yeah so not being able to spend time in the ICU with him and like have family and friends go in and visit him and Mm -hmm. all that that one was probably the most shocking though Um, I mean they all were difficult in their own ways but that one was just so out of the blue and then Mm -hmm. I mean just out of nowhere um So then just kept living life and started a grief recovery process. And um, I believe it was March. It really does just get fuzzy because of like grief and all that. But March, my mom called and her brother um, had a heart attack and passed away. So it was just like four family members within like a six month time frame. Yeah. Super quick, back to back, like and two of them out of nowhere, two of them, like my mom's parents, they kind of had health issues and were on the decline, Mm -hmm. um, the past couple years. So that one, they weren't, I wouldn't say as expected, but I mean, we knew time was coming for them, Yeah, which is always hard, but it was, I guess, easier in a sense because we had maybe been mentally preparing, even though Mm -hmm. we hadn't done it on purpose. Yeah. I mean, you're never totally prepared for it but when you see it coming more yeah yeah I can see how that would be yeah easier to process yeah so yeah so but yeah so it was a lot um to have all that back to back it was just like really dark time um difficult to do day-to-day tasks and just hard overall like because that I mean Part of the grief recovery, which I'll talk about in a little bit, there's um, one line in the book that says you'll experience like a major loss event, which is like, you know, a divorce or uh, death in the family, death of a friend, like every, it's like five to 10 years. So the fact that four happened within six months, it was just like a lot and almost numbing to be able to 
focus. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, so difficult. And that's something that I can't even wrap my head around. I yeah. mean, I remember, so we work together. Yeah, of we course. do. Um, and I remember just like seeing you at work <clears throat> and seeing you like outside of work. And it was just like, it was strange to be around you because it it was almost like you were a different person for a while, which yeah, I, I grief does wild things. So yeah. I, yeah, it's, I, I see that you've come a long way in your recovery. Yeah, for sure. And that's yeah. what it was like with my dad's dad, my papa. Um, I, my dad, I, I think just deals with like, letting us know like as far as my brothers um Mm -hmm. with things that are happening like as a need to know basis yeah so he like sent us a text the day that he fell and like sent us a picture of him and he like jokingly was like hey text papa tell me it looks like you got beat up by mike tyson like i mean jokingly because they like really thought he was gonna like he just fallen you know nothing too crazy and it was also it was just like a freak accident like he was on his walk like he was very active up until that day and so that was just the first day after the winter that he went like on a longer walk Mm -hmm. and so he just like tripped over like something on the sidewalk or something and was only like he was like right in front of the neighborhood that he lived in so he was only probably like quarter of a mile from his house if that oh my gosh So, yeah, so that one, and then, so I didn't even, like, really begin to process or, like, prepare for, like, oh, he might be passing away or, like, something. I was just like, oh, he'll be fine, you know. And also, like, he's never, he's been super healthy his whole life. Yeah. So I was like, he'll be good. Like, he'll be able to pull through it. Yeah. And then it was, like, a couple days later, they're like, oh, he's, like, in ICU, but, like, he's talking he's responsive. So I still was like, yeah, you know, and I think, and yeah, yeah. I think my dad was trying to like protect us in a way. Cause he had like obviously knew that we had gone through two losses already. So I think maybe he was not sharing the full extent of how his dad was. Um, but yeah. So then that's when they're like, we need to do surgery. He's not like getting better. And then, that's when all of it just happened. And I know it was really hard on my dad. Like they were super close. They were basically the same person, (laughs) same sense of humor, all that stuff. But yeah, it was hard on that. And then obviously so hard on my mom losing her older brother and both parents within six months. Um, but yeah, I mean just grief in itself, like is like just overwhelming sometimes. Like I, Remember, I went out with my friend Sarah, and this was right after my dad's dad had passed, so my third grandparent. And we went out, and I just, like, my grandma texted me something about, I don't know, I don't even remember what it was. But I just, like, remember thinking, like, how difficult of a transition it's going to be for her. Yeah. And so I just got, like, super overwhelmed and just started, like, crying and couldn't hold it together. So we ended up going home and I just remember like laying on the couch with one of my dogs and just holding him and crying. And like, I didn't like want to even 
like be alive. Like I didn't want to, I wouldn't say I was suicidal because like I definitely wouldn't like want to put my family through any more pain. And like I, it wasn't a like suicidal action or thought or anything by that means, but just more like so much like overwhelming like sadness that I like didn't want to get off the couch, didn't want to like leave my house. Like I didn't even want to like feed my dogs. Like it was just hard to even get up and feed the dogs, let them out, give them water. Like I would get up, barely do that, get back on the the couch and then like lay there until I had to go to work. And then just kind of was like a shell of myself for a while. Yeah. That's, Oh my God. Yeah. I, sorry, doesn't cover that. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's, and I remember like seeing you in that, in that space and just being so like sad for you. Yeah. And it, it was like, you could see the pain on your face and it's, I mean, it's like nobody should have to go through that. That's right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So can you, can you talk a little bit more about what that grief process felt like, like before you realized that you needed to start a recovery program? Yeah. So, um, so grief overall, like it just was like sadness and just overwhelming, like, like depression and like cloudiness, brain fog, all that stuff. Um, and so I have a really great support group of like friends and like family and like the mental health space, obviously you. And, uh, one of my really good friends, Carly, she is a social worker and like does therapy. And so she, did this program grief recovery a couple years back and ended up becoming certified to like run grief recovery programs. Mm-hmm. And so it's literally called, um, like the, the grief recovery program. Mm-hmm. It's a book, um, that you can get off Amazon. Um, and you can find like different groups to join on like online, um, mm-hmm. through their website. But basically it, it talks about how to like deal with grief and what that looks like. And even just reading the book, like even if I hadn't gone through the program with her, mm-hmm. um, even just reading it was super informational. It talks about how like the United States has this whole. So normally when people say grief, they think about like the stages of grief, which yeah. is true. But actually the stages of grief was created by somebody that was doing it for somebody with like diagnosed with a terminal illness. So interesting. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. So she, uh, I forget what her name was, but she created like the stages of grief based on like somebody that has been diagnosed with like cancer or yeah. a diagnosis. And so that's when the whole like first thing of denial first, you know, denial, right. I I can't remember all of them right now, (laughs) but yeah. And so this program, the, the two people again, can't remember their names, but, uh, they go through what grief actually looks like. And they talk about how like they don't believe denial is actually the first stage of grief. Cause like, if you ask somebody like, you know, Oh, like when my grandma passed away, they're like, Oh, there was never a time that I said like, Oh, she's still alive. Like I knew 
that she had passed. Right. So it wasn't denial. It was more a, like, overwhelming sadness. And so they talk about just different stages of grief, how they can come and go, and, like, how it's no set, like, guideline. Or, like, there's not actual stages. Like, somebody yeah. may experience all anger somebody else might not somebody might yeah experience like the brain fog all of that um but yeah grief overall there was definitely a time that I was like angry for a long time and I'm not like an angry person and so it was just very that was hard because I just like had a lot of built-up anger towards like COVID and just the whole situation because I was like I wasn't able to see my grandparents in like the nursing home I skipped Christmas, like my last like big chance to be with my grandpa because I was trying to protect him. And so a lot of anger. And then personally, I went through like a, a stage of like brain fog or like forgetfulness, mm-hmm. which that was also annoying because I feel like I normally day to day, I'm like pretty... I wouldn't say organized, but I just, like, know what's going on. Yeah. And, like, like when I'm in my groove at work or whatever, I can, like, get things done. And yeah. so there was one day at work I just, like, literally had no idea what was going on. It was, like, a dream. I was, like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't, like, I couldn't remember. I would walk back to the kitchen to, like, get a plate of food or bread or something and then, like, completely forget while I was back there. And then, yeah. like, walk to the bar and be, like, I didn't even ring in the drink yet, like, just all over the place. And so that's one of the big things with, like, grief recovery. It talks about, like, you know, when you're going through it, like, you will go to the kitchen, forget why you were there, or you'll forget just things around the house, like, where you, like, put them. And I still experience that here and there Um, because it talks about grief isn't, like, something that you just wake up one day and it's gone. It's a mm-hmm. definitely a journey, definitely a process. Um, yeah. But overall, yes, yeah, so let me, I got off topic a little bit, but the grief okay. recovery program, um, it talks about grief in itself, um, the stages of grief and like how their view is like, it's not the stages of grief. It's more of like um, different for each person. They say that all the time in the book that each relationship or each event is unique to a person yeah so even if like you and I both have lost a grandpa yeah like I can't fully understand how you feel and you can't fully understand how I feel and they talk about like different ways to kind of approach that and instead of like oh like you know I lost my grandpa like yeah you know I'm so sorry like kind of turning it more into approaching it as like talking to the person and getting to know how they're feeling and not trying like removing yourself, not like relating to that person more going in, approaching it of like, I'm so sorry for your loss. I can't imagine how you're feeling, mm-hmm. you know, and then kind of just asking what they need and approaching it that aspect. Yeah. So talking to that. And then there was a lot of, difficult work that had to be done through the program wasn't easy but basically we did this whole timeline of like grief from our life so (laughs) had to sit down and from birth to 
present day, like write down and write down anything that's caused us grief and do like long, longer lines. If we thought it was like longer grief or like bigger emotions and like short line, if it was just something that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after you did that, we shared it with like our group. And after that, we would, we picked one grief point to like work on and they call it like closing the relationship or closing the grief. And so you kind of work through the like pros and cons of the relationship. Um, whether that be like you, you know, if it was a family member that was never there for you Mm -hmm. and they still weren't or like they were always there for you. Now they're not whether, you know, it could be totally good relationship. It could be a bad relationship. Um, and so we worked through all of these points, had to write down all of like the pros of the relationship, the cons of the relationship, and just kind of work through the feelings. And it's more of like kind of mind training when the sadness comes up to remember the good things instead of like, oh, I wish they were here. It's like, remember the, the good times of like what you had. Um, so yeah, grief recovery is a really great, great book. It also talks about just how grief isn't just like death and divorce. Like it, yeah. there's, I think they said like over 50 types of like grief events. Oh, wow. So it can literally be like, it can be a miscarriage, divorce, uh, breakup, death. Um, it can be moving, you know, cities or schools or jobs. It can even be like good things. So I realized I used to work for a camp, um, and some of the best summers of my life. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the summer, I realized that when I would go home, it was like a grief event because I was leaving these giant, like this, this group of people that I had spent so much time with Mm -hmm. for two months. And so I realized that like those going back into real life, it was a grief event. And so that was something I also kind of worked through. So it was, it's a really cool book and just good resource, I think for anyone, even if you don't want to like go, join a group and talk about that if you're not at that point yet Mm -hmm. just to buy the book and kind of just read through it yeah yeah and we'll put that um in the show notes so any listeners who might be interested in um using that resource uh we can direct you there so we've we've talked a lot about your grief recovery and what that journey was like can you tell me a little bit about what the turning point was for you where you realized that you needed to start a program or, or, or get help beyond what your toolkit was? So I, this, that one, I think honestly, wasn't me. That was more like Carly. We had been talking about doing the grief recovery program. And then it almost was just like, actually my, my uncle passed like while we were in the middle of like going through the grief recovery. Oh, wow. It's um, normally like an eight week program. And so you meet like once a week, you have your, the week to do your reading and assigned task or whatever. It's yeah. normally, you know, like two hours worth of work, nothing yeah, too crazy. But yeah, so she was just kind of not pushing me, but just was like, I think you would benefit from this. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it was more her and yeah. I'm thankful for it. And I, that's another thing I, I don't think there's necessarily like a time that you 
have to wait to start grief recovery. Cause that was yeah. something I asked her was, you know, like, Oh, this just happened. Like I'm still processing it. I don't like, I think I need time before I start yeah. going through the program or doing this with you. And she's like, no, like you, you can work through it now. Like if there's yeah. no set time. So it was that just kind of friendship. Thankfully. That's amazing that you have such a strong support system in Carly specifically that that's so important. We talk a lot, a lot about, um, one of the programs that we do actually with one in five, um, that, uh, it's called sources of strength. And, um, it's basically a program that talks about the strengths that you have within yourself that you can pull on when things get difficult. And one of them is, um, having that support network. So yeah, definitely. That's so powerful to be able to kind of lean on somebody in in a time like that. And props to her for being there for you. That's amazing. Yeah, Yeah. it definitely was. Um, and just overall, I mean, like with grief, if I would say if anyone's struggling with it, I would definitely say check out that book. I, I pulled up. So it's called The Grief Recovery Handbook. It's by John W. James and Russell Friedman. It's the normally it's the 20th anniversary expanded, expanded edition. Tongue twister. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's the action program for moving beyond death, divorce, other losses, including health, career, and faith. So it was really cool because it has a faith aspect. Mm-hmm. but it's not like forced either way. Like they touch on it and they say like, if you are like a religious person or you have faith, like mm-hmm. you can approach it in this way. If not, like that's fine. And yeah. so it was really good because I've grown up in church and that was an, another thing. I was like very angry at like God for a long time just yeah. because I was like, really dude, like you can't give us a break. Yeah. Like, you know, and then especially Obviously, it was hard on my dad, um, but I was, I think, more angry for my mom just because I saw, like, I mean, so so much loss for her in such a short time. And, like, when she called me about my uncle, I was actually at work, and just, like, hearing the pain in her voice was super difficult. And now there's still a little bit of PTSD I'm working through with <laughs> when my mom or dad call me out of the blue. I'm like, you know, I'm like, yeah. what happened? Like what's going on. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I couldn't even imagine just seeing that show up on your phone and just thinking, yeah. What now? Yeah. Cause that's what, yeah, it was a weird with my uncle. I I feel like I almost knew I like had a really weird dream right before I was going to work and then like got to work. And as soon as I saw my mom's name, I just like knew something had happened. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a uh, weird with the whole uh, with my mom. I had like an, a lot of anger towards God in that aspect, just because of like so much loss for her, and just like seeing how much pain she was in, and like sadness and depression, all that. Um, but yeah, so full circle, the um, grief recovery handbook talks about like the faith aspect but not forced by any means. Like it's very, 
non-biased and a very good resource. So that's what I was saying. Like grief recovery, I would say can be for anyone at any stage, whether that be, um, like you have just gone through a loss. Um, there might be grief from your past that you don't even know. Um, so that was something Carly really was strong about letting us know was that going through the grief recovery, there might be grief that we didn't plan or intend on trying to like complete. That's the word they use is like complete the grief. Mm -hmm. Um, So like might be something might go in, you know, trying to deal with the grief of like my grandparents, but something else from my life five years ago might come up. So grief recovery, I would say is literally for anyone. Yeah. New grief, old grief, if you want to be a friend and just, like, kind of understand, you know, if somebody that you love has just gone through a difficult time, just to be able to read through it and kind of not fully understand where they are, but just uh, how to support them. Yeah, yeah, that's super important as well, Um, just being aware how of how to be that support person or that person that somebody can rely on. It's very powerful. Yeah. And there is an option I would like to say for the grief recovery. Like if you are thinking about doing it or wanting to, there's an option where it's kind of like a guided program. And so you can like have a partner and you can just do it with like a spouse or a friend or even just find someone off Facebook and just go through the book with them. Um, so just kind of like one-on-one that way it's not, you're doing it by yourself, but also you don't have to like join this group of 10, 15 people if Mm -hmm. that's intimidating for you or if you're not ready for that. So it's a really good resource for sure. That's awesome. I do kind of want to talk a little bit about your relationship with faith during this process. So we know that like that faith is a really important uh protective factor sorry uh we know that faith is a strong protective factor against you know suicidality and Mm. stuff like that and um i know you were talking about your anger towards god and uh can you talk a little bit about or talk a little bit more about your relationship with faith during this time yeah so um i feel like so people that have been in the church or haven't been in the church, I would say there's like two ways that people deal with like big changes or like specifically like grief. So like death, divorce, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So some people will go and like it brings them closer to God and then other people are like it pushes them away. I feel like that's the two main things that happen. And so normally like, in the past for things that have happened, they haven't been like anything too crazy. So like I haven't had any losses up until 20 end of 2019 into or 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. Grief. Yeah. <laughs> but so I haven't, I wouldn't say that like my faith has been like shaken like it was from everything that happened with like all of the the losses of family members, the deaths. Um, and so 
it was just hard because I was really, like I said, angry and cause I just didn't understand. And it was just a very, um, like defining moment, I would say. Like I feel like my relationship with God and my faith is stronger now. Um, but it was a time where I was, I didn't doubt God or like if he existed or any of that really, it was more of like, I didn't want anything to do with him. Like I was like, if you can cause my family and myself this much pain in like mm-hmm. such a short amount of time, then, and like, you can give us a break. Like, I don't want anything to do with you. Right. Um, and so it was a, process of friends and groups of like people reaching out and just kind of being there to talk when I like needed to talk through certain aspect. Um, but more just kind of had a piece about the situation actually recently. Um, I went to California to work the camp that I worked for for six summers, um, to do a week of it's called special teaming. So just kind of fill in, Fill in staffer. Um, and long story short with that was I kind of, there was one morning we were doing, um, it's called I Can't Wait. The camp is called Centricid. It's through Lifeway in Nashville. And so I Can't Wait is like kind of an upbeat morning, like pump up to get the kids excited for the day. Mm-hmm. And so there's like music and skits and all these things. Um, and then there's also like, like I said, music, like worship songs. And so I was sitting in the back running lights and just like had this feeling like a presence of not God, but like all of my family members around me and just saying like, I'm okay. Like we're okay. And so it was cool because that's what I needed and like had wanted the whole time. Cause that's what, like I said, I didn't for a while, didn't want anything to like do with God. Like I just was like, I don't want to hear from you. I don't like, we're not on good terms. Like I'm mad, you know? So then being able to just kind of feel that gave me a sense of peace. And yeah, it was really, it was a good, good turning point. Um, and then that's another point of just grief in general. Like I, that day was nothing specific happened. Like I wasn't really thinking necessarily about like my family or whatever. And also that was in July. So that was, you know, four months since my uncle had passed, which isn't like a ton of time, but, you know, was feeling kind of back to normal, the new normal, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so it just came out of nowhere. Like grief is very unpredictable. Um, but yeah, so faith, it just, it was definitely a, a point of something that I needed to like work through and, like my own journey to like, there wasn't anything necessarily anyone could have said or done Mm -hmm. that was like going to help in that aspect. It was more of, I needed time to like process it for myself and kind of see what happened, I guess. Yeah. So it's still a journey that working through. Yeah. That's all right. I mean, we, we always talk about how like healing and recovery whatever it is that you're healing and recovering from, uh, it's not linear. It's not like you're going to start on this road and you're just going to keep going straight. And then eventually you're going to hit your end goal. Right. 
just, it's not how it works. And so yeah. sometimes you're going to have to take turns. Sometimes you're going to have to back up. Yeah. Sometimes you're going to have to stop for gas. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. So yeah. yeah, it's that, that moment though, that you were just talking about is so beautiful. Yeah. Like what, what did that feel like in that moment that you were experiencing that? Just like complete relief. Like, so earlier that morning I was experienced, like we were setting up for camp and doing setting up for recreation games on the field. Mm -hmm. And so we wake up earlier and go to set up all the equipment, all that stuff. And so I was having one of those mornings where I just like could not remember anything. Like I couldn't find my backpack. I couldn't find my fanny pack. I like lost something. I couldn't remember what day we were setting up for. And so I was just super annoyed with myself because I was like, what is going on? I just am so out of it. And I was yeah. like, I just need coffee. I don't know. I didn't even think like about grief. I was just like completely dazed. So then went to that, that I can't wait. And then like that moment happened. And so I was in the back and it just was like relief and just like, like I said, just peace. Like I felt like at ease with the whole situation, uh, everything that happened. Like, it's not that I necessarily understand by any means why all of it happened so close together, but I just have more of like a peace and like more clarity, I guess not understanding, but just like clarity and good with the situation. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So after, you know, having that moment of clarity and um, kind of being able to look back on the process, what's something that people kind of misunderstand about that journey? Overall, I feel like people don't understand fully, uh, obviously, like how somebody is dealing with grief and like that's again something that the grief recovery handbook covers and talks about but yeah overall in life I'm normally like a pretty upbeat happy person and I like like laughing I love laughing sarcasm all the things you know like having fun and so like you said like you could just see that I was not myself and just off Mm -hmm. and so it's almost and I feel like this is part of kind of the culture of United States and just like get back to it. It was almost like after my second grandpa passed. Um, so in between my third and fourth family member dying people at like two weeks after he passed, they were just kind of like, like, why aren't not, not necessarily saying like, why aren't you back to normal? But like insinuating like what's wrong. And I'm like, dude, what do you mean? What's wrong? Like it would almost be like, or they're like, oh, like, I miss your smile. And I was like, yeah, you you know, you don't think I miss my smile? I was like, but I don't have a reason to smile right now. Yeah. And so I would just say definitely the misunderstanding of, like, it takes time, like, a lot of time. And so sometimes it's more than, you know, people would think you need. Like, it's not yeah. a cut and dry, like, one week after, you're good to go. Yeah. And that was also a difficult time just in general with like work because I feel like I didn't 
have time to like grieve properly. I never really took time off work. Yeah. And so it was almost like, so we opened back up from COVID like for the restaurant, worked through the summer, which that's our busy time and the patio and all of that. So that was super busy. And then like started slowing down into fall, but then was still busy with bartending. Yeah. Um, and then like grandparents passed away. So I was like dealing with that, but also still working like full time. Yeah. And so like only would take off a day or two here. And so that was one thing that was hard, I think, was people thought that I should be good or, like, was good when I actually wasn't. Yeah. Well, and the thing I would imagine, I don't totally know. Cause yeah. Yeah. But I would imagine that being in the restaurant industry, like, in the service industry where you're expected to be constantly just, like, upbeat, peppy, smiling, like, interacting with guests. like. Yeah. I truly cannot imagine what that was like Yeah, experiencing that. And I'm so sorry. My dog keeps sneezing. If you guys hear that, that's just my dog. Um, but yeah, I, I just can't imagine like feeling that grief and, and trying to process it, but also have like literally having to put on a, a smile. Yeah. And yeah, it, and it was super difficult. I mean, just trying to, like you said, be upbeat, be quote on at all times, you know, to like smile, entertain people and like, you know, all of these things. And then it was just hard as well because I was like, I, you know, people would get upset or mad if, you know, you forget a ketchup or a drink or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm over here like, I really don't care about your ketchup or your drink right now. Like there's other things going on in like people's lives. So it was hard to like, like learn, I guess, to care in that aspect. Um, but yeah, that's also another thing of just with like not wanting to really tell people about it. And that's something that again, I keep going back to grief recovery, but it was a, it was a good, um, good resource and learned a lot for sure. But it talks about how, um, you shouldn't like grieve alone. Like you should be able to talk about it and open up. Um, but I feel like there's a fine line in like the restaurant industry mm-hmm. because I don't want to go up to my guests and like, Hey, how are you? And I'm like, I'm not great. You know, X, Y, Z. Yeah. All these people have died in my life and blah, blah, blah. So it was definitely hard to, stay positive and like be happy and smile when I didn't want to be there or even really interact with people. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's well, I, I can see now that you have like gone through this journey and I, from, from an outside perspective, like, I see that you've like grown almost like as a person and it's, uh, I haven't known you that long, but, (laughs) um, I am just like, so proud of you like for the work that you've put in to like heal and like recover. Absolutely. Um, we are running a little bit 
short on time here, um, but I do want to ask this last question. What do you do to kind of like take care of yourself now? Um, like we were saying, you know, healing is not linear. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So I actually joined Orange Theory Fitness in beginning of January, actually like a couple weeks before my two of my the my grandparent grandpa's passed away and so that's been a really good outlet just to be able to have like a community of like coaches and like people that I go with or you know similar faces that I run into and just having an outlet of like running and literally running but <laughs> um working out and just sweating out like demons and you know personal whatever issues uh, so definitely working out if I am not like feeling something or uh, not really wanting to do something with someone necessarily I've learned slash learning to say no so like taking time for myself or you know instead of always saying yes just yeah. learning to take the time to sit with myself and be with myself sit in those emotions and taking mental time when needed. Yeah. I know there have been a couple times where I'm like, let's go out after work. Yeah. And you're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It definitely, I respect that. I respect yeah. that a lot. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And just in general of like, I'm definitely like a people pleaser. And so normally I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Like I drove my friend across the country in two days to move her out to Arizona. And I love that. Like I like, I don't regret that by any means. It was seriously such a fun trip, but um, I'm always down for like crazy adventures and yeah, saying yes and like helping friends move and like all of that. But I found, and that's a thing through COVID and then just obviously through the losses of family members, like I've realized that I need to like make time for myself as well. And yeah. so have that time to sit and, you know, chill with my dogs and just take mental time. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, Tyler, thank you so much for being here with us today. You have been so like open and honest and vulnerable. And that has been so powerful and hearing your story is just beautiful. And I hope that other people will be able to hear it and maybe take something away from it. Maybe Go by Grief Recovery. Yeah. And yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed it yeah. thoroughly. It's been a pleasure putting on our <laughs> server voices. It's yes, been a pleasure. It has. And yeah, uh, well, thank you guys so much for listening. And just a reminder that you are not alone. Have a great day, Warriors.